you just look at the people who you look up to that are like pioneers in the industry. Elon Musk, obviously great visionary. Gary totally changed the game on like social media. You know, people like that, just look to them, look at their behavior, look at how they do it, why they do it. Easy to learn. Just got to put in effort. And that's the hard part. Good afternoon, good morning, aloha, depending on where in the world you're watching this episode. We are live with Social Convos. We're back with a brand new edition. And we're actually live on two new channels. We're live on Periscope, on Twitter, and on Twitch as well. Diego, how do you feel today? Great. I'm glad you mentioned the aloha, because if you hadn't, I would just uh, chime in with it. And you might be wondering why aloha, because our guest is joining us all the way from... Aloha, Hawaii. And funny thing is, I've been to the most, one of the most future time zones, New Zealand already. And it's really cool to now talk to someone who is in the, one of the most fast time zones. So it's still bright as day there. Unfortunately, we won't see the beaches because it's so bright that he wasn't able to set up outside. But he'll tell us how it is there in Hawaii in a bit. But I'm talking about none other than Tyler Hiranaka. Welcome, Tyler. And to give a brief intro on who Tyler is, I'd say I, I met Tyler actually, I think it's a month, a month and a half ago. We were both finalists in the JCI Creative Young Entrepreneurship Competition for the Americas. And unfortunately, I didn't make the top three, but he did. And he's continuing to represent the Americas to the world stage. So Congratulations on that, Tyler. Other than that, he's the charter president for JCI Honolulu. He established this uh, chapter in 2015 and was their first president. He also is a JCI senator, one of the most honored recognitions you can get. And that's due to all that he contributed through the organization in the years to come. Additionally, in the professional space, he has he's active in the fine jewelry luxury space. We'll talk about that in a bit. That was also part of his pitch and it was really, really intriguing. And then he also does a business consultation. So uh, bear with me guys, we're almost done there. And another fun fact here, he is a practitioner of Tai Chi Kwan. And I actually learned, if you don't know what Tai Chi Kwan is, in the West, we know it as Tai Chi. But I actually learned the word Tai Chi Quan a few weeks ago in my Chinese class. So I immediately saw that and like, huh, that's the actual word. So cool. Really fun fact. With that being said, Tyler, welcome to Social Convos. It's a pleasure to have you here. Aloha, guys. Thank you. It's uh, great to be here as well, Diego and uh, Jean-Luc. Thank you guys for having me on. So we want to just jump right in because I am like you're two people who participated in the GCI or active in the GCI. And when I hear charter president, and that kind of means like you're the one that set up the club. Was it the first one in uh, your area, in your city? I mean, I don't know how big the island of uh, Honolulu is. So can you just tell us a little bit more about how that actually went about? Yeah. So in Hawaii, we have six chapters now. We have about what, 300 members, or so, give or take 300 members. I set our chapter up after, you know, I think we, our chapter, the chapter that was supposed to be there was going to fail. But then I wanted to do community service. I wanted to give back. And then I thought, hey, you know, 
since I'm already a part of this uh, JCI thing, let me take a look at what we're supposed to be doing. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of fun, but that's how we got set up. So right now, JCI Honolulu, we're the youngest chapter. I think, no, not biased at all, but I think we have the coolest projects in Hawaii. And then we're right about 60-something members. So, 60 members, that's, that's a lot. Is, is that like the, the regular size of a, a GCI chapter in, 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 in Hawaii? It depends. So Hawaii, I think, average is about like 20 to 30, sometimes 40. We do have one mega big chapter with like 100-something members. So I kind of I think we're like kind of in the middle. That's, that's pretty interesting. Diego, how, how big are the chapters in Suriname? Do you, have, do you have any idea how big the GCI chapters are? Good that you mentioned that because if, if you bring that into context, uh, we here in JCI Suriname aren't that much apart in the, in terms of numbers. We also have six chapters here, and that's, I think one now being in development now, right now in Kamawena, one of the districts. So that one, that will be number seven, probably this year, if all is well. I, I see the committees really working hard with the community there. And numbers, number-wise, it's just probably in those ranges that are average around, you know, 25 to 35. One of them has maybe 40 or between 40 and 50. So in, in that same range. So that, that brings the question, like if, if you compare it to size to community ratio, we have a, about 500,000, 600,000 people population-wise in Suriname. And yeah, the, the majority is concentrated in the capital. So what's the distribution like in Hawaii? How, how is Hawaii set up geographically with the chapters? Yeah, Hawaii, I think, Right now, all the chapters are on Oahu, like the main metro island. Our demographic in Hawaii is about like 1.2, 1.3 million across the state. So in 2018, I actually had the opportunity to serve as our state president. Uh, and I'm still in discussion with making extensions on some of the outer islands because, you know, I think that's one of the big needs in the community is getting the younger guys opportunities for like leadership development and doing more in the community and stuff. So still in the works. I wouldn't say they're quite dead in the water yet. But it's a little slower moving on the outer islands. Oahu and Honolulu is definitely a more metro, faster-paced uh, city. With metro, faster-paced, do you like mean more modern, uh, more dynamic? I guess not. So I, I, I take that term since uh, JCI USA categorized my chapter in there. But I feel like we just do a little bit more. Not a lot more, but I feel like there's more population density here. So I feel like that maybe that's what makes us more metro. But compared to like New York or like LA or something, we are definitely not even close. Well, I just want to—I just want to let you know because Devin just jumped in. He says, uh, "Welcome, Tyler. Welcome to Suriname. Welcome in Suriname." And just just to clarify for you, because it's always fun. We get guests here, but we don't always tell our guests what the situation in Suriname is like. So basically, in Suriname, we have a couple of skyscrapers. Like the 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 tallest building in here is nine floors. You you get that right? Nine floors. Nine is floors the, is the toilet. Yeah, yeah. So, so just to put in perspective, because we don't see it like the viewers that are watching or the listeners, they they can picture it. But when you show showed us your setup, you are just showing like this beautiful landscape and like skyscrapers, like fifty to a hundred of these, at least thirty to fifty. Uh, They're like thirty 50 feet, level, 30 to 40, yeah, thirty, yeah, buildings. And I was like, wow. And you know, so it's it's very confronting <laughs> for us. Because we we are quite in, in size, we are quite a big nation compared to even uh, some smaller states. But when it comes to population, we're half a million, we're six hundred thousand. And then again, we don't we have kind of like a sprawl city system. So everybody just sprawls out from the center. 
whereas like it, it's very tradition the, the 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 skyscrapers are everybody builds up whereas we are like yeah we have enough space so we just we we just sprawl out so and i guess the first question that comes to mind is always i wanted to go to hawaii the rotary district i think the rotary world conference was in hawaii mm-hmm. in honolulu it was supposed to happen last year but then with covid everything kind of was like it, it it kind of never became manifested the way it should be but i've always wondered like how what's the perception for people from the us about hawaii and and how do the hawaiians themselves perceive it is it like we are we belong to the united states but we we kind of are our own our own country our independent country or is it like no we're really one of the states of the united states of america and we completely identify with the mainland for instance yeah so i guess it really depends for that question like who you ask because the more traditional hawaiians like from here like the hawaiian people you know there's still some hard feelings about the us taking over the islands but for a lot the rest of us who are like kind of born and raised here you know i'm like fourth japanese or fourth generation japanese second generation korean over here and for us growing up it's actually very unique you know and i think this perception is why or, or this kind of idea is why a lot of people like to come to hawaii you know like being born and raised here it's everybody's a minority you know there's not like a super majority or something like that being born and raised here everybody's a minority so you kind of got to take the time to understand each other um and in general like our society is kind of like a big community you know so we all look after one another kind of a thing i know things haven't been quite the same these days cuz a lot of there's been a lot of like tensions with mental health and whatever it may be going on with people but generally it's you know everybody's looking out for each other you know if we see a random kid like running across the street we're like some people will be like oh whose kid is that and you know maybe we'll go help chase them down or you know things like that so it's not really apathetic i'd say it's more like it's hard to describe it's like kindness compassion people coming together like looking out for one another that's that like epitomizes that spirit of aloha which is what makes hawaii such a really wonderful place to visit you know when you come here everybody's so nice every time i travel outside of the outside of hawaii and i coming back home i'm like oh, lucky we live hawaii <laughs> could you quickly elaborate on what you know the spirit of aloha means because yeah, we we said aloha but we we usually get that from you know modern television what we see in the we, media we just yeah it's, it's pop culture we don't really <laughs> know what it's about <laughs> yeah so aloha is actually like people say like use it as like hello and goodbye but when you encompass like everything that it represents like that's what i feel the spirit of aloha is and that's my perspective on being born and raised here you know it's kind of everybody coming together in harmony and i don't know about what the rest of the states think about us but there's like a a really eloquent quote from John F Kennedy when he visited Hawaii in 1963 I think it was I don't remember exactly the quote but he said something along the lines of you know Hawaii is like living in the future and these small island people are all that represents the US and all that we hope to be you know he was speaking to like that spirit of aloha that kindness that warmth that we have over here you know that exception all that inclusion that we have because we're all minorities So there's not really hate, you know. If, if anything there's like a lot of sarcasm and stuff. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's kind of like aloha, you know, all that compassion, understanding, coming together, spirit of aloha, that's what I would say. From listening to you it sounds like like geographically Hawaii is in the middle of the Pacific, like between the east and between the west and it brings together the best from the east and the west on a tiny island 
from the Pacific as well as well, because I, I feel like from what I've seen and what I read, there's a lot of you know Eastern influence, Pacifica influence on that, and I think that's where the communal part comes in, because Asia and the Pacific are really community driven, you know, family like. Yeah. So that that's what I feel like from just listening to your story there, bringing the best of both worlds. That's pretty correct. You know, when you come here, it's like, like I said, you're gonna get a lot of that Asian influence. Pacific Islander influence of that community. Everybody looking out for one another, and then on the Western side, you know, we are American, so <laughs> everything that comes with that. It's like we have all those American things, <laughs> freedom of speech, and all that kind of stuff. So, so let's talk a little bit about the Asian upbringing, because in in, in general, an Asian upbringing means you have to be the best, or at least you have to try as hard as you can. So, so how did how did that kind of include was that kind of included in where you are now like the way you were raised and and how you do business as well yeah definitely you know actually i i never really thought of it like that but now that i really think about it to answer this question absolutely you know when i was younger i took like martial arts and it's like i always like tried my hardest i was a smaller kid back then so i got beat up every which way anyway but i tried you know i had that that fire in that heart and then that translated into music you know when i practice a lot of music i play trumpet yeah, I practiced like hours a day, like five, six hours a day sometimes was the best in the state for my age range. And yeah, even in IT, when I did IT when I was in high school, same thing. And then fast forward to today, you know, now it's not so much of like me trying my best, but what is my best effort and having other people around me appreciate like, hey, let's let's work together and achieve this. I guess that's a very JCI thing. Yeah. But it's helping other people recognize that they can also be great as well. So let's go back to JCI a bit. And you said you were the first to, you know, establish JCI Honolulu. And you did that because you said it was kind of struggling beforehand over in that region. So from you looking back now, what would you say was different that you did from an organization's perspective that you were able to, you know, grow and scale that organization and actually set up a chart, uh, a chapter there? Yeah. So, I mean, setting up the chapter was like a whole can of worms in itself. You know, there's all the business aspect that you got to do, but it's also like anything that you do in business, you know, people are what matters, you know, people are what are going to get things done. People are going to get things sold. You know, people are going to consume your product. So when I started our chapter, JC Honolulu, back then it was called Asian American JCs. I thought to myself, like, what kind of organization would I want to be a part of? What kind of organization would I stick with? And I just ran with that, you know, so we had a culture of like a higher expectation, you know, very professional. We definitely kicked back a lot of beers because <laughs> we worked so hard, but from organizational perspective, you know, it's just getting out there, talking to as many people as you can, being very passionate about what you do, doing what you do the best that you can. And for me, like I looked at the other chapters in Hawaii, I looked at the other nonprofits in Hawaii. Sorry, I got some really loud car passing me. But yeah, this is really cool, though. It it makes it real that people understand like what the, what the life is like there. And I think, well, we can talk about the lockdown that we have here later. But please continue your story. But yeah, it's like I looked at the competition, you know, and I forgot who said that. I think it's Elon Musk. You know, if you're coming into a marketplace with a new product or something, you gotta either do something super different or just be super better than them to find your success. So that's kind of like what we did. I wouldn't say that we're super better than them, but I was more focused on like 
involvement for the members. So doing outstanding, like bigger, outstanding, cool projects and stuff to get them engaged. Cause that's like, as you know, five, six years down the line, I'm in hindsight, that's where all the, the growth and development comes from for the members. And yeah, we did great projects. We recruited great people. And that goes to like the initial board members. I think we had, you know, as a lot of my friends and leaders in the community, I was like, I need your help. We, I think some people talk about like social currency and that's like, I cashed in all of my chips at that time. That's kind of how we got that guilt, that going. And, you know, being about like 60 members now, I think the key thing is that we have very good structure. You know, our members are proud to be a part of the chapter. We've had incredible impact in the community. And that just goes to our members doing all that work. And because they're so proud and, you know, our leadership bench, I think is quite deep now. So hopefully our chapter will be around for years and years and years. But yeah, so if I were to identify like one or two things, high expectation, you know, expectation of excellence and, you know, just not just reminding the guys and girls not to be afraid to do crazy stuff, especially in JCI, you know, it's like our entrepreneurial playground, have fun, do cool projects. What's a crazy cool project uh, that immediately comes to mind when you look back that, you know, had the members riling up there. Yeah, let's do this. It sounds crazy, but we can do it. That really got that engagement going. Pretty much all of our projects. But the first one we did, we did. So in Hawaii, robotics is very popular, you know, it's and then when we surveyed the community, a lot of people were like, hey, we're very, we're very passionate about education here in Hawaii. So I was like, okay, what do we do? And then one of my friends was like an expert drone racer. Uh, and when he joined the chapter, he's like, I'm really good at drones and I love drones. I was like, okay, what do we do with that? Right. And I forgot when it was, I think in like 2016, they had the, the drone racing road championship in Dubai and like a 16 year old won that. And I was like, we're doing that right there. I don't know what we're doing, but we're going to do it. And then after like some, some months of like thinking and going back and forth, we created like a, I think the world's first STEM based drone racing robotics program. It's a pretty cool program. It's called the Aero program. Uh, you guys can check it out on aerohawaii.org if you guys in the audience or anybody want to check it out. We're going into our fourth season because last year COVID totally, totally messed us up. But we're going to probably have close to like seven or eight schools. That's based on the high school level. So it's like an interscholastic, you know, drone racing competition where they got to build their drone, race their drone. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it gives us like, I'm a nerd. I'm a huge nerd. So it gives like nerds like me a really cool opportunity for like sportsmanship, you know, especially with the rise of like esports and stuff. Yeah. So it gives them that competitive feel to play competitive sports, but flying drones. And it gives them all the STEM based education, which is awesome. We would have to go into STEM based education a little bit as well. But but you mentioned some interesting things and you, you mentioned COVID. So well actually this is a question for both of you because I've been out of the well I'm still in FAFT. I'm actually in not in GCI but I'm a Rotarian. And I'm still involved in both the uh, Rotaract and Interact. You're not in GCI? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a Rotarian. No, I'm, I'm a Rotarian. So I, I'm not actually going uh, back to to the GCI or anything other organizations. I kind of went into the engine a little bit too young. But I stay young by being involved with the road, with Rotaract and, and Interact. And actually, I can offer Unofficially or officially, I can actually join Rotaract because they, they removed the age limit. So I would be eligible again. But but I think the biggest question I have is like, how did how did COVID impact like youngsters wanting to help society? And I'm gonna frame this question a little bit, but I'll the answer you free to, to answer in which way you'd like. At one of the recent youth events we did, 
I noticed that there were a lot of youngsters who were interested in going into health science. So that was really interesting, like a, a very high amount of teenagers that were like, we're becoming doctors, we're going to help in the healthcare industry. And it, that, it kind of felt, it felt great. But on the other side, I'm also wondering, like, how has, has, has this, this situation impacted, like, volunteering and doing voluntary work? Is it kind of like we have to wait till this is over? Or have you seen a drive towards wanting to be more involved because of the situation? I guess I could start and Diego can follow up after that. You know, they say, you know, in times of crisis is when you see the real leaders stand up. And I and we've really seen that last year in not just Hawaii and I'm sure Suriname, but all, all across JCI. You know, that's how JCI, we implemented our new project called JCI Rise to support economies and the members of the economies and invest in the members so that with a focus on like mental health and stuff. Really cool. But I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Jean-Luc, you know, in JCI and I know I think maybe even a lot of other organizations, they talk about like youth and all that kind of thing. And when they talk about youth, they're talking about us. You know, they're not talking about the kids. It's like I always forget that because I'm like youth. Oh, yeah. Like the elementary kids, you know. And and it's like, that's us they're talking about. But so, yeah, like last year, you know, one of our members stood up real tall and he he designed and he designed like a cool student desk for distance learning for the kids in Hawaii. You know, that that program raised about like 80,000 U.S. They distributed like 13,000 desks. And on the other side of the chapter, we had like some other programs that we did with one of our partners in Japan. We arranged a donation of like. 80,000 masks and um, like 10,000 sanitizer bottles for our public school system over here. And so like, I think last year was the most we ever did. I think if I think about the dollar value, that was almost quarter million US. And I think when I think back and I tell the, talk to the members, I'm like, wow, you guys did that. You guys are awesome. <laughs> can we quickly jump in on, on, on the desks? So yeah. can you just elaborate a little bit on, on, on what kind of desks? I actually have one right here. So let me show you. Hold on. It's so random because I, I accidentally took this thing home, but it's so for the viewers and stuff before I whip it out. Right. It's like a student desk because during distance learning, people were having a lot of trouble finding furniture because everybody needed furniture at home. So my friend was like, how can we make like an ergonomic thing? And he, you know, he put it through the design thinking gauntlet and then he came out with some cool iterations. And then his wife came around and said, hey, you know, like most people can't afford that. We need something cheap that everybody can everybody can access and stuff. So that's how they came up with this thing called Keiki Desk. And Keiki is like child in uh, Hawaiian. So let me show you. It's so cool. Hold on. Ah. So I don't know if you guys can see this, but it's like a little children's desk. And then I don't have space over here to like show you guys, but like. It's fully cardboard. Yeah, it's fully cardboard. And then there's like a, but I'm going to put this on the side. It's like water resistant and stuff like that. Oh, actually, here, there's some diagrams. I don't know if you guys can see that. So it comes up like when it's printed, it's like a, like a huge flat cardboard piece so we can easily distribute it. And then, yeah, when they get it, they receive it. They can fold it in like one minute. It's very sturdy, like a full size adult. Like I'm about like 150 pounds US. I don't know what kilograms that is, maybe like 75 or something like that. But I can stand on that thing. And it won't break. Okay, that's interesting. So we have some people in Suriname that want one right now. <laughs> cool. And if we have some cool drone, money, I can definitely, drone, uh, drone racing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, 
Yeah. If you guys want to do the drone racing program, we have all the infrastructure. You just have to find people that can fly drones and are willing to teach it. And it's easy to implement at the school level. That's how we designed the program. Oh, that's cool. I, I think that's definitely some ideas you've just thrown out at us and that we can uh, look at uh, more deeply afterwards. But appreciate that. And to quickly comment on Shanduk's question to briefly answer from my perspective, 2020, I, that was kind of my recess year. I, I went away to study. You had a sabbatical, yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. It's not the right word. It's not the right word because you actually did your master. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say it like that. Sorry, Diego. Yeah, no, but but I, I was able to observe, you know, how the, the local chapters, my successor and the follow-up ha- handled the situation. And, and as Tyler said, in times of crisis, it's when you see the most happening, the most shift. I think it was a struggle at first, you know, to adapt. But this forced people to actively change. And look at the Zoom meetings now. Do you know how many costs were saved of eliminating just all those regular meetings, physical showing up? Yes. And this, this actually drove yes. engagement. This actually gave access to more people to connect. Uh, when I came back uh, here, I looked in January, the chapter, at least my chapter that I'm in, kind of grew with 10, 15 new observers, potential members. So it, it, it was tremendous growth. And if I look at the other organization as a whole, that the new chapter that's being developed in Kamawena was also, the pre-work was done in 2019, I think, but uh, a lot of development happened over 2020. So I'd say that the, the pandemic kind of was a blessing in disguise for the organization for volunteer work because people were more, you know, aware on the issues, the the dangers and also safety. So you keep everything in account and we focus more on, you know, my chapter is known for the environmental approach of the, the green chapter. So you saw a lot of those spin-off effects have people taking it onto them to do certain stuff. So that that's uh, my quick two cents on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look at this. We're like meeting right now. You guys are like, I don't know how many hours ahead, like 16 or something like that. This saves us like at least $2,000 airplane ticket and hotel, not even including all of that, you know? Yeah, it's been a whole paradigm shift in how to communicate and also how to network. And that, I guess, immediately brings me to the next question on the networking side. So a fun fact, Shanluk, the thing that really got me that I wanted to invite Tyler to talk to him was when I saw his comment on Instagram on a fee friend post. And I DM'd him. Oh. Do you have a fee I, oh. I DM'd him immediately. Do you have a fee friend? Unfortunately, he said no. But that immediately connected some dots. Okay, I, I kind of got the vibe of how Tyler was during the, the pitch competition, the creative young entrepreneurship. So I, I was already feeling him out there, but... Then so much more resonated after that and in, in the way he communicated and like, okay, no, this, this is a, a very, really interesting guy. And I think he has some unique perspectives. So that's the, the networking part that how that happened. So very serendipitous. Devin, Devin says that's the aha moment. <laughs> and just, just to clarify, if I just cut off right now, it's, it's pouring rain right now. So if my connection just disappears, then... <laughs> You know why I've I've gone, but uh, yes, go ahead, Diego. Uh, we're gonna jump into some Gary Vee. We're gonna talk some Gary Vee. Yeah, uh, on the top, topic of networking, really quick. How has your approach 
shifted or you know been enhanced in the past year on how to network globally? I th- I think back to like my high school days, you know, like when I was in high school, I was kind of like you know I was kind of more reserved, and even like talking to girls and stuff, I was very like shy, so I was very afraid to like ask girls out. But after high school, I was like, you know what? I have so much regret for not doing things. It's now it's like have no regrets, you know. So now it's like I don't I have no fear when I have to talk to people. It's like, hey Diego, you know you're doing a podcast. That's great. How do we find how do we build more value for your content, you know? And I just met Diego. I'm like, let's do it. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but let's do it because I find that very interesting and it's cool. I do want to follow up on that. So. <laughs> Because I've also been in a stage in my life where I said yes to everything. And then you reach a stage in your life that you're doing too much. And I mean, when I look at your resume, like there's a lot, there are a lot of things that you're involved in. So for those of us that are in a similar space and kind of don't know what to prioritize because we kind of love doing everything we do, like what would be your quick tips to say like, how do you structure your life when it comes to making priority decisions? Man, I feel like there's so many like better speakers on this, but it's like focusing on what's important to you, you know, because whatever you do, if it's like a career or something, you're gonna do that for life. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if you gotta pay bills and put food on the table, don't give up your day job just yet, you know? So it's like, shoot, my friend's dad um, mentioned this. His name is Rainier good one of my best friends and he's like my dad told me you know go to school get your degree so you can pay the bills and then after your nine to five then you got time to do your passion and i was like oh that's interesting but i totally skipped all that so i just went straight to my passion it was a lot more tougher learning curve but uh (laughs) way tougher learning curve but uh, you know i don't regret it at all and now it's just focusing on what's important to you you know i'm at a stage of life where i don't have kids yet and stuff so I just focus on like Enjoy organization. It. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just kind of like doing my thing now. But definitely when I have kids, some of the stuff will scale back because I'm going to, you know, I want to be a good dad. I want to be there for my kids. Yeah. But yeah. Just do what you love, man. Do what you love. If you don't know what you love, do everything. Yeah. If you don't know what you love, figure it out. <laughs> I love your answer, especially being a good dad. I think being a good dad was for me was one of my goals so if you would ask me like what do you want to be later you know i would jokingly say yeah i want to be a bum i want to live on the streets but it would be pretty jokingly and then one of the things I seriously is being a good dad and and i love how you talk to the about the, the nine to five and after the five because if you're if if the way you describe it like after five you do what your passion is that it becomes <laughs> right so that's also kind of yeah it's i mean it's 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 very it's it's very hard for me because in in those instances like doing this show, this show started kind of, okay we're in lockdown it's after six p and we don't get to go out of the street at six p.m. and I used to have meeting at night I used to teach class at night and then I had all these nights that I was like okay I want to do something productive and then. I decided like, okay, Diego and I are going to do a podcast every Tuesday, which means that every Tuesday is booked and then life slowly gets back to normal. And then every Thursday night is booked, every Monday night is booked. And all of a sudden your family is like, I thought we were your priority. So it's, it's exercise. And I, I think doing what you love is, is indeed something that's very important because if you love your family, 
you're gonna find time for them and if you love what you're doing you're gonna find time right so i think that's that's the only diego can you take it over my internet diego before you take over you know back to the family thing i call that like the mr rogers moment you know that point in your life when you're like let's focus on doing good being good and like you know just being a great person you know everybody has it in them but everybody has their own mr rogers moment i, I know mr rogers but I, i i think some people will get that reference better you gotta watch it uh, nah, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> pop culture diego <laughs> well you know we got different tastes but yeah as uh john looks at uh, rajiv tuned in and he said tyler is a master networker he's being way too humble about it with that being said on, on the topic of networking again so You mentioned you when you started the chapter you kind of you said you cashed in on social currency. So can you talk to us about the relationship between social currency and the power of networking and how that has worked out for you? You know, I don't want the viewers and stuff to think about currency as like something like tangible or something like there's always expectation. How to describe it? It's like giving with an open heart all the time. you know, to all of your friends, regardless of how they are, like whatever it may be. You know, somebody asks you something, you give your most honest input. Sometimes you might have to go out of your way and that's just, you know, because you're a good friend. So like cashing in on the social currency is not really like calling in favors and stuff. Sometimes it can be, but it's more like, you know, as you've been giving with your open heart and just being genuine, straight up, I think people appreciate that. So you start building your, building up your integrity. Once you have that start, like, is kind of established. It's not really your you have to call in favors. It's like they're more willing to help you because they know like you're a cool guy or whatever it's going to be. So it's not really like a currency thing. It's like building up your integrity, building up your your trustworthiness, you know. So yeah, going back to like when I started our chapter, it's like I called all of my friends and I was like I need your help now. And that was like the first big push. And then in 2018 when I served as our state president for JCI Hawaii, I was like Wow, we got a lot of work to do and I had to call them the favors again. I need your help and this is what I need help with, you know. And especially, you know, I I call them like lightning rod moments. So it's like if you're asking people for favor about something they're already passionate about or something they're willing to help you with anyway, it's like you guys are working together towards it. You know, so my thing it's like the world need more good people. What can we do together to help other people recognize that they are good people? Or what can we do together to like enforce more better decision making and altruistic thinking like that. And a lot of people resonate with that. Um unfortunately when I like you guys, you guys had a great podcast. I love that you guys are chasing your passion. You know, I I tried to get into video editing myself last year. I'm not bad, but man, my YouTube thing about good news is horrible. <laughs> I could do it I could do a much better job on it, but I think it's more more like got learn how to video edit at this point. But um yeah you know that's that's been my thing ever since I became super active with the organization in like 2015 the world needs more good people and it's not like I said for the viewers I got to reiterate again it's not like you're doing favors and you're asking for like you're you're, you're going to call and like hey you know I did this for you no that's not the that's not the right thinking you know it's it's like hey you know I'm I'm going to help you out cuz I I think I can help you out and I'll do my best job at helping you out and I'm never going to ask for anything in return and Even if one day when I'm like, "Hey, you know, could you help me with this?" and you say no, that's fine. But as you do this and you start getting out there and I guess building your social currency, it's just building like your integrity, building up your integrity, building up who you are. I guess maybe your social value. I don't know if that's a thing. 
I have no idea. You know, my friend dropped this term <laughs> on me, like organizational IQ and like all that kind of stuff the other day. And I was like, what is that? He's like, yours is high. And I was like, thanks, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's not really currency. I, I, I love this quote that Susie took out of it. Like, giving with an open heart all the time. And I guess that's, hey, Susie, that's what it's about. From Australia. Uh, Look at that. Yeah, a, a quick uh, a quick jump in from Andrew. He says, uh, "Nice tie, uh, Tyler." <laughs> He's of looking course. at your backdrop. It's it sounds very much. I quickly want to jump to to a little bit of of Gary Fee, where Gary Fee really brings a jab jab right hook. That's exactly it. it. It's a business sense, but but the funny thing about it is like people try to use it as a tool, like a, a way to get a quick win. And that's what you just said. It's it's about authenticity. Like if you're going like jab, jab, right hook all the time and you're just jabbing to, to put out that right hook, it's just you're gonna not going right to work. <laughs> you're going to get right hooked. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, but it's just, not, it's just not effective because you're actually not thinking of giving first. And I, I think and that, that's something that even just going through your LinkedIn, LinkedIn profile kind of already establishes that you do everything with an open heart. And yeah, it's like, I do want, I mean, of course there are other people that can give better advice, but I do want you to share to our viewers. Like we have a lot of hardship at the moment. We're currently really going to a rough phase because for us with COVID, nothing is working. Even though we're we're kind of growing up and, and from, from the Caribbean actually, we're one of the countries that has the most access to, to vaccines and we're, we're, we're not, being hit that hard compared to neighboring countries, but some countries are doing better. But we're having a really hard time, especially youngsters between 20 and 40 who are used to going out, who haven't gone really properly gone out for, for over a year. And then when they go out, it goes completely awful and goes completely wrong. So so how do you, like in a, in a situation where you're kind of surviving and it's it's hard to give, where do you find your your energy from to to keep giving with an open heart? That just goes back to my original belief thing. You know, it's the world needs more good people. You know, and the more of us that can be better examples, I think the more chance there is that more people will follow you by example. You know, even like the people around you. You know, our chapter, my local chapter is. I think we're growing quite rapidly because people are consciously now like thinking, hey, you know, let's make these good decisions. Yeah, I could do things in a certain way, but hey, Tyler's going to give me crap about it. You know, it's like, like slowly by slowly, I think everybody can make a difference, but you just have to try, you know, and you just have to believe. And that that's a very, very like a big cookie that you got to imagine and bite one small bite at a time. But that's what I believe. And it's like eventually people will come around. But to be very frank, it's like, yeah, people are having a horrible time, you know, even in Hawaii, like during during the middle of the pandemic, you know, you imagine people are having like better situation in America. But like when tourism stopped and everybody got laid off, it was not the best situation. And that was same the same across the world, you know, but that's why it's really important. And I think uh, I really had to think about mental health. Like I'm a I'm a firm like I push super hard in any of the initiatives that I do. But at the same time, we got to remind ourselves to take care of ourselves. If you can find some motivation to like help other people, uh, how do you describe that? It's like you you find your happiness in giving to others. There's like so many quotes for that. The other one I just I left a comment on somebody's Instagram. You know, it's like you 
you spend your whole life finding your passion and then your purpose in life is to give it away. <laughs> you know, so I forgot who said that, but I wrote that on somebody's Instagram post the other day when I was dropping some knowledge. And I believe that, you know, but like what it is that what can we do to help the, the younger guys recognize that lead by example, get out there, you know, show that you support them, you know, get out there, be compassionate, you know, even small things like holding the door for the person behind you, you know, like I call it the good deed for the day. You know, somebody throws trash on the floor. I'm not like, hey, bro, pick up your trash. I'm like, I'll just pick this up, whatever, or like return the shopping cart thingy, you know. It's like small things like that go a long way. And I think the more the more people out there that lead by example, the like I said, the higher chance it is that we can all make a difference. So you guys out there, you guys can make a difference. All right. Don't forget it. Definitely. Everybody has it in them. I think that's, you mentioned that, yeah, when, when COVID hit, tourism took a huge hit and all over the world. And Hawaii is one of those, you know, touristy places. I'm not sure how much exactly of the econ econ local economy depends on it, but you yourself have your own, you know, your own business. You're, you're very entrepreneurial yourself. So this sucks really nice, uh, nicely to the, the other part of the conversation that we wanted to look at and basically how that has impacted your business, but also on a more macro scale, because I know the, the idea you submitted kind of um, expanded or grew out of the, the jewelry business that you're, you're already ro uh, running. So can you tell us a little bit? about that, how that impacted you and how that has shifted or, you know, changed your thinking on doing business. So actually it's not just the, the COVID that changed my perspective on business. It's been my opportunity with JCI, you know, to be more of like a global thinker, you know? So when I think I, when I used to do jewelry sales, I think like selling one piece, one piece, one piece, one piece, and like those one pieces of jewelry. Yeah. You know, they, they can be like several months salary sometimes, but long-term sustainability, you know, so I, with the, when COVID hit, you know, my sales were like pretty abysmal. People had to cancel all their weddings and stuff. So I lost a whole bunch of clients. And then, you know, I pivoted real quick to starting consulting company because I had already been helping a bunch of people do like design work, web work, advising on their social media and whatnot. So fortunately now, finally, like a year later, slowly we're getting paid for that. But even on the jewelry side, so the Diego mentioned what I submitted for the Creative Young Entrepreneur Program. It's, it's hopefully going to be like a global luxury brand that's that emphasizes like lifting people up. You know, when you wear it, it's like wearing Aloha, reminding you to like be a good person, to think good. And obviously, like we're going to infuse all of our JCI values into that brand. But on the macro picture, it's, you know, I'm looking at not just having it in Hawaii. You know, I want to have it in Japan. I want to have it in maybe Suriname, you know, Korea, Southeast Asia, maybe in Australia for our Australian viewers over there. But it's, it's really, you know, for a long term, it's like, instead of one piece of selling one piece of jewelry at a time, I'd rather sell like 20 to 50. It's a lot easier. And then creating that supply chain was the, I think probably the most interesting part of that experience. And then the next part is just pitching it to people to buy. And I think cross fingers, I think we'll, we'll have a good shot, but we're always looking ways to improve, you know, but I like, so going to the macro thing as well. You know, for the viewers, it's not just when, when you think about like your job and your passions and your life and work and stuff, I really strongly suggest you think about like what your life is going to be like in five, 10, 15, 20 years. 
because you know this jewelry job that I have it's been good for like a whole month a whole bunch of years as the branding thing goes it's going to be less responsibility for me I think as I build the brand and then there's other things that I'm also working on too that I feel is very important to me one is uh care homes so I am going to be I'm working on the business plan for that as well uh, especially with all my experience with creative young entrepreneur program but you know in doing all these things I'm looking at elements in my life that I need, you know, like pieces of the puzzle that I need for my family to sustain us for hopefully generations. And hopefully, you know, maybe this consulting thing that I'm doing, you know, I'm not going to abandon my customers as I grow my other projects. You know, hopefully I can turn this, this small idea and this project into like a big uh, agency. You know, maybe we can work with Diego and Jean-Luc over there to do some like media. But as we expand, you know, I, I think there's no secrets and there's limitless that it's like you can learn as much as you want what transitions later on it's what values do you have and how do you how are you going to deliver the best experience to your clients to your customers you know how do you provide value to them you know gary says that all the time right provide like disproportionate value and that's that's how you win you know you don't always ask you don't always give the right hook you just give with an open heart and hey a lot of people appreciate that i think so yeah on the macro picture it's I like to think of things that I am going to need. So the care home one is for my parents and the jewelry thing. I just love jewelry. So that's, that's kind of like my thing. I'm not the great, greatest artist, but when I can design a concept and see it come to life, I think that's amazing. And the media side, that's just cause I love Gary. So it's like, Hey, you know, I've been following Gary ever since his wine library. So, you know, every, every, every little note, every wow. step along the way, I have like, wow. I have like notebooks wow. like this. Of that's stuff over 10 years. He wrote the book. Yeah. That's over 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, so he's that's like definitely a pioneer. But you know, that goes back to like anybody can figure it out, right? That's what I think. You just look at the people who you look up to that are like pioneers in the industry. Elon Musk, obviously great visionary. Gary totally changed the game on like social media. You know, people like that, just look to them, look at their behavior, look at how they do it, why they do it. Easy to learn. Just got to put in effort. And that's the hard part. That's that's a very good take. Uh, just before yeah. you go, I think we found someone who's more, you know, into Gary C's content than you, Shanduk, because oh, Tyler, Shanduk yeah. was, is the person I know who's really most yeah. into Gary's content. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> There's no who loves Gary more. We all love Gary. We all love Gary. I think there, there are two things for me with Gary. I, I kind of lean towards Gary when I need a push. That's, that's also the way, I mean, one of the things he also says, like, if you're constantly just watching my content and consuming my content, you're not actually doing it. So that's, that's one of the interesting things. So for me, it's definitely when I need a push, I rarely watch Gary Vee content, but I watch it when I'm, I just need a push. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm not moving. And I need a quick, like, snap, like, get awake, go for it. It's funny you mentioned that. So actually during my year state president we we're in discussion with his uh, management company to bring him down as like a speaker and do an event in hawaii and then it didn't work out but my other friend was telling me so you're gonna fly gary down here just talk shit to you and tell you to do whatever and i was like hell yeah that's i would totally do that <laughs> it's gonna be the greatest experience ever you know and he's like you're crazy and i was like of course i'm crazy but that's why i'm that's why i'm crazy that's why i'm tyler you know there's so many great Gary Vee stories. We we are there. I also know somebody who wanted to get him here, and then when I was like, "Really, the fee?" and they were like, "No, it's gonna be like an online event." 
I was like, oh, and it's gonna be that much money for the fee. I was like, oh, it's a lot. So and then you and, and then you just, just you just realize like you know yeah this this is next level. But the thing I love the 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 thing for me that I also aside from like I'm I really respect them. There's also personal personal connotation to like how I got to know him because I actually didn't know him. And and D Rock, who is like one one of his guys from the film crew, like his his main video guy, D Rock, and and his former uh, business partner in in San Diego, in, in, I think 2014, and they were talking. And the other guy, Nick, was saying like, yeah, and David's gonna do a video for Gary Vaynerchuk. And I was like, who's Gary Vaynerchuk? You know, but <laughs> that was like when I was just really that that actually that trip kind of. That trip on itself, that was like when you talk about career defining or game changing or life altering moments, that trip for me was the first time I really considered social media as like being part of the rest of my future. Like before that, it was just going to be, I'm going to probably end up in tourism. I'm probably just going to do something that I studied. Not This media stuff is fun, but it's not. And I think that trip kind of, did, did the first trigger so but then again what you just mentioned is you just have to watch the people so it's not like read everything elon says but it's more and watch the way that they move watch the way that they actually work put in the yeah more so why they move in that way you know and as john luke cuts out that's a good uh transition <laughs> it's like why they move why they do things in that way you know it's like why why is he doing that it's so crazy oh that's why but you know, like how, you know how Gary says, you're either in the clouds or the dirt, and he prefers to eat the dirt. And I think there's one episode where he just shoved his face through the dirt. Am I am I right? Somebody got looked that up, but I, I swear to God there was one like that. But that's that's totally me as well. You know, I enjoy just getting into the dirt, getting in the weeds. Clouds and dirt is like one of the first. I think that's actually one of the movies that D Rock made to get into to get into to, to the company. Man, I think that's so awesome. So you met D Rock? Yeah, but. At the time, like it's really fun because, oh, like, legend, you know, the man. whole group, the whole group, like, I and I sometimes wonder if he understands, like, how we look up to him because for him it's like kind of awkward because when we met, we were like kind of doing similar stuff, and like for us, like most of us who met him at the time, for us, is he's kind of a legend, and but for him, he it's weird. That it's for him. It probably is. I don't know if it's weird, but I I'm guessing it's weird for for him that we we accept that he's a legend for us. Whereas it's you know it's kind of hard when we just talk and and like in 20 years time you're the president you're 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 in the Senate from Hawaii and you're like in 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 the politics in the U S and you're like really well known. And, and we're like, yeah, we know Tyler from back when he was a guest in Social Confos. And now he's actually in the state senate in the U.S. You know, it's kind of, kind of things. Or like, it's it's really hard for people to understand. Like, on one hand, like, yes, we, we kind of, it's like someone you knew as a, as a youth friend who kind of like was your buddy. But then all of a sudden is somebody really high up and it's kind of hard to reach and you know, we used to be like, could just call you up and, and unfortunately, it, it, for me, it's tough. Dude. And and I, and I, I'm gonna be honest. What what the toughest part is, and maybe you can help me, because you're very open-hearted and very heartfelt. So for me, it's really tough. 
there are probably around 100 people that I want to call up or should talk to for at least an hour just to catch up. Just do it. You know, D-Rock, like, I'll comment on his Instagram page, and he'll drop me, like, some cool likes or, like, he'll respond to the comments. You reach out to him, and you actually know that guy? Dude, you know D-Rock, man. It's like, you should. Why not? You know, he's probably super busy as hell, you know, and you're probably going to have to schedule that guy, like, next year or something. But, you know, he's still human. You know, it goes back to what I said in the beginning, right? You just got to be fearless. Got to – and then – it's like we're all human, you know. You're not a douchebag. He's a cool guy. Yeah, I, I just wanted to comment on that, John, because it is very ironic that you say that now. And the whole time we've been talking about networking, pandemic, opening up opportunities, reaching out to people, and, you know, giving, being open. This has given us the push to reach out to people regardless of where they are. And I think this illusion of them being there, I get that from a certain aspect, but from my recent experiences, especially online events I've been a part of, the, the fellowship I've been, I, I've got to know a lot of people or seen how a lot of people, you know, in, in, in Silicon Valley operate in every part of the world. And they are also, you know, humble and open. Obviously, some of them have bigger things to do. Uh, have less time on their plate but if you generally you know contribute comment give feedback on someone or just show some appreciation i think they will reciprocate uh, in some way or another look at tyler for example i i, I met this guy five minutes I, I, in the competition i was like ha, okay let's just give it a shot so and i, I think this podcast I, I i've had that thinking before as well but this podcast was one approach to, you know, kind of shift that thinking, being more willing or just taking the step. If you, if they say no, okay, great, but you're not expecting anything. And that that's how we're looking into getting, you know, talking to more people. I want to build up on that real quick. So, you know, Jean-Luc, don't get me wrong. I totally know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, because he is such an idol, right? It's like, you kind of you freeze for a moment. You're like, oh, oh my gosh, you know? before you send the DM, like even me, I had that recently, like a couple years ago when I met our JCI world president, when she was from America, Don Hetzel. And then um, I saw her at the airport on a connecting flight. And I was like, I was going to be like, hey, world president Don. And I ran over there and I was like, oh my God, I can't do it. She's just world president. I can't do it. And I actually had to wait for like a whole another trip, like a year later before I could get the courage to talk to her. Uh, so that's a funny story. But you know, whenever you collect yourself, just send them a message. You know, hey, maybe D-Rock is watching this show right now. D-Rock, if you're watching this, you have to get on this podcast. This is your friend. You know, we need you, man. <laughs> you inspire millions of people. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna make a, a quick commitment because there's also a question for you in the comments, Tyler. For everybody watching here and listening to this, this podcast, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to have a weekly virtual drink every week from now on it's gonna be not gonna be recorded because that's another thing like it's straight up like yeah let's do this for the content <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just gonna have a virtual drink every week from now on and i'm just gonna go through the list because the list is there there's a list of at least 50 people there 
that I'm going to go through and I'm going to sign up and say like, hey, do you have 15 minutes left? Let's have a virtual drink. And, and it will roll up for there. But this is the commitment we're making. So you guys are watching and are listening to this. You got to keep me up. And you got to remember that it was Tyler in episode 25 of Social Convos that really went social and kind of like <laughs> pulled out the whole script and said like, we're going to go a different route today. So Tyler, a quick question for you. We are all human, so we all face self-doubt. How do you stay courageous and keep going? That's that's a hard one because, you know, even me, like I'm human. I beat myself up about, about it a lot, <clears throat> but it's the small wins like you do every day that motivate me every day. So it could be just like you know how that Navy SEAL guy said, start start the day by making your bed. You know, um, just doing small things. Like I have a huge, huge executables list that looks like I don't know, like like a whole page. You know, a page is. And then you just get through some of them and like those small wins it's like yeah i can do it i can do it but at the same time one of my friends one of my best friends from like way back said that is kind of like a not everybody can do that thing you know but that's why there's people out there like gary or some motivational people like the instagram pages you know like i like to follow house of leaders founder and all those guys because they keep motivating you you know i fill my content feed with all these kinds of things so i'm like oh yeah i can do this oh i better get on top of my stuff Oh, I got to do this. You know, it's like nice reminders. And so you wins and reminders and definitely the people around you. If there's there's nobody around me that tell me like, hey, you can't do that. They're going to be like, that might be kind of crazy. I don't know if you can do that, but I'm sure you're going to find a way. Like at what cost is that going to be? And I'm like, oh, that's the question. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not today. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a very good point of feedback point indeed. That's a that's a good way to you know bring the social aspect, the social accountability back to this, and it kind of goes both ways, right? As you mentioned before, before on the currency, it's, it's not really a currency, but you you fill yourself with this circle for accountability and just giving, but you're not expecting anything. They also hold you accountable without you realizing. So it, it's a two-way dynamic. Even more so, right? Like my thing is. We can't change people, you know, because everybody has different experiences. But if you grew up and you became a good person, that means like collectively through your whole life, you've been making these decisions to be a good person, right? So my my next phase of stuff that I'm going to do, hopefully with JCI stuff, is like, how do we get to the younger generation so they can start when they're kids? You know, when they're young, they don't know hate. They don't know racism. They don't know discrimination. So if you just teach them compassion and kindness and stuff, that I think that is the way forward, you know? But how we do that, I don't know. We're going to have to do that everywhere. So you guys watching, that's up to you. That's my challenge to you guys. <laughs> you know, get out there, tune into the this podcast and watch all the amazing things, you know. When Jean-Luc brings on uh, D-Rock, oh, man, that's going to be a great podcast. You know, I'm going to be there. <laughs> yeah. And, and not just watch, execute. That's where yeah. it is, as Gary yeah. said, execute. But I, I guess this brings me to to wind down to to the last part of this episode. We've talked about Gary a lot. We talked about you know JCI and uh, a bit of the, your business as well and networking. And there's a team that's been going on. It's it's a long game, you know, in, in the long term. What what you're doing for the future? So for you, what's the current long game of? I won't say current long game. What's your long game play right now? What can we expect from Tyler? Long game. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Like my clouds thing is. 
you know, con like conceptualizing these different businesses that I'm working on, these projects, I guess you could call them for my own personal self and my family. Right. So while I'm doing that on the other side of the stuff, I'm heavily involved in the GCI side because that's what I'm passionate about. You know, I feel like I really, really am super passionate that the world needs more good people because that's how we're going to make sustainable change everywhere in the world. You know, it's the different perceptions, you know, people being less greedy and just doing things out of compassion and kindness. I think that is like I found my happiness in life, not through working super hard and not through like doing all these kind of businesses things. My passion or my happiness came from giving to other people and giving to the people around me. And, you know, I had a I had a really good chat with our our actually this year's GCI executive vice president from um, Asia Pacific, Teresa. And she said, you know, just keep giving and, you know, the universe will give it back. And I really believe that. So it's a great conversation that I have with her on that. So all you guys out there like thinking about it, oh, you can't afford to give. Just give like a minute or two, you know, do something because it'll come back. And I think the more you give, the more confidence you have in giving because it'll make you feel pretty good. I think so. You know, that's where I found my happiness. And I think if more people do that, that's maybe where you'll find yours too. If people want to connect with you, learn more about you, about the JCI Honolulu and even your jewelry business, how can they Wait, wait, wait. We, we, we also got to plug the tables though. We also got to plug and the, the, tables, the yeah. desks, the, the, the tiki desks. So... The desks thing, it's cakeydesk.com. If you, if wherever in the world you're from, you want to put in a big order, uh, the minimum order is 2000 I think that project is awesome. They're, they cost about like $6 each, not including freight. If you want to follow me, my, with this site, this site, my Instagram handle is right here. Check it out. Just like all these guys, I'm really good on the DMs. If you're out there, if you haven't joined the JCI chapter or Rotary chapter like Jean-Luc, you know, get out there and do something. You know, it doesn't cost you anything to do something. You know, you can make a difference. And I think that's the biggest message of everything that I would say today. You can make a difference. Don't forget it. I'll give everybody the links to all the other cool stuff that we've been doing too, though. So you can uh, yeah, check it out in everything in the description. description on the podcast. <laughs> hey, you, 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 you have this natural host tendency, segueing from Shanduk just before. So who knows, maybe a podcasting host in the near future. I'm down to help whoever I can, you know. But yeah, appreciate it, Tyler. Uh, appreciate you spending your afternoon, yeah, bright afternoon with us, uh, sharing your journey with us. And just, it's really fresh, uh, give a fresh, wholesome perspective on how to look at life, to give. And that's a really, really big team I've noticed coming from you. And everyone in the, who tuned in from the comment, really cool that uh, you, as you mentioned, you have a viewer from Australia. Really awesome that we're reaching every part of the world, kind of, in a way. As you know, this episode uh, will be released on Saturdays on the podcasting platforms. Site is being updated as we speak. We're slowly building things up. We've added some newsletters, so uh, subscribe to the newsletters. There's no content yet, but who knows, uh, in the medium to long term, there might be some juicy content coming your way. So sign up for our newsletter on the website. And... Jean-Luc, final words, and then you could roll this out. Yeah, I just, I want to thank Tyler because this was so much more of a social confos. This was the kind of social confos that we're actually going for. So thank you for that, Tyler. And and I also want to thank the viewers, the viewers on Twitter, and especially one simultaneous viewer on on Twitch, who, for my opinion, like the, the numbers went up and down, but there were some people that, 
stayed the whole episode on a platform that we just introduced today. So that's pretty cool. So for those watching on Twitch and on Twitter, we really appreciate uh, you joining in. For those who have been active on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook in the comments, you know we love you. And as always, this has been Social Convos. See you next Tuesday at 9 o'clock Surinamese time or the other listings. Lobby from Honolulu, Hawaii, and from Paramaribo, Suriname. See you next time. Bye-bye.